Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the new Authority Hacker Podcast episode. I'll be honest, we took a little break from the podcast to think about how it went, and we're actually still thinking about how, where we want to take it to make it different, but at the same time, make it efficient for our business. But I really wanted to do that one podcast because about two weeks ago, we released that massive analysis of the top 23 bloggers that actually document their income and try to understand what makes a blog profitable and the different business models, their profitability and a bunch of stats. So if you haven't checked it out, I recommend you go on the Authority Hacker blog and that is actually the most popular blog, so you see it on the right sidebar very quickly. But yeah, that actually went very well. We got basically thousands of visits and, and the traffic is still going. To give you an idea, the traffic is still doubled every day than it was before we released it. So we're definitely seeing the rewards from creating a 15,000 word blog post. And on top of that blog post, there was Johnny Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire who has started only two and a half years ago and made $298,000 in May. That's just so much money. And I really wanted to just go and talk to him to try and understand what made him do so well so quickly. And I really like John because he's super transparent. He's just willing to share everything. And he's just, yeah, he's going to give you everything in the podcast. I'm sure you guys are going to love it. To be honest, I had a really big epiphany talking to him. And the one epiphany I had was when I asked him how many podcast downloads he gets per month, and he told me around 1 million, which is impressive. But he was like, you know, the reason I get 1 million podcast downloads is not because my episodes go super viral or anything. The reason why is because I have been consistent, done it every day, and I have over 1,000 episodes live right now, which means that, yeah, he actually gets only around a thousand downloads per episode. But that's what gets him to create that massive audience is because he has been able to do regular posting and do it daily. So that speeds up the growth very, very quickly. So yeah, that was definitely something I learned from him, but there's plenty of other things. And I'll just let you guys listen to the interview. I'm sure you're going to love it. And I'll see you at the end. Hey, John, thank you for joining. How are you today? I'm on fire, prepared to ignite all of the above. That's amazing. And <laughs> that's like the best answer I've ever had to that question. <laughs> but I just want to put it all in perspective because we did that roundup of bloggers like two and a half weeks ago now. And, and you came up very high in terms of earnings. But at the same time, people don't realize how young your website is. So when did you get started with Entrepreneur on Fire, actually? Yeah, so I would say it was mid-2012 when I actually purchased the domain, but nothing really was driving any traffic to it whatsoever until September 22nd of 2012, because that's the day that I launched the podcast. And the podcast was really my first foot in the door, so to speak, of this online entrepreneurship world. So September 2012, which I think puts us at about two and a half years, about. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's very impressive because if you compare it to like a lot of other bloggers, to reach the level where you're at right now, they often take like two or three times more time. And, and I definitely hope to get to your point when I'm at your timestamp, right? Well, um, I have no <laughs> doubts from what I've seen from you that that will be the case. 
So I'm working on that. But like, what was your background before? Did you run other online businesses? Like, what did you do before that? This was my f- complete first stab at entrepreneurship. It was like somebody stepping up to the plate in the major leagues of baseball, just closing his eyes or her eyes <laughs> and swinging and just randomly hitting a home run. I mean, a lot of luck was involved. A lot of hard work was involved, but prior to September of 2012, I had nothing to do with the online entrepreneurship world. I was in corporate finance, commercial real estate. I was an officer in the U.S. Army. I was in law school. So nothing at all to do with online entrepreneurship, which I think is what a lot of people do find you know, kind of inspiring, is that there, there is an opportunity for someone that wants to come in, work really hard at a very specific niche. Now, a lot of people don't look at Entrepreneur on Fire as super niche now, but when I started, all I was focused on 100% was a daily podcast interview with a successful entrepreneur. Nothing else mattered. That was my one focus. And I was, I've been able to grow the empire from that one focus, but I had to start there. And that was critical. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And actually, like one of my later questions, but I'm just going to bring it now because sure. it makes sense. Like uh, there's a lot of debate with other online marketers on whether you should start building products first or you should build the audience first. And obviously you build the audience first, but if you had to do it again, would you still go that way? A hundred percent. And the reason is, and I think there's two different paths here and there's not, not saying that either one is, is absolutely correct. And I'm not saying you can't find success in, in both ways because I believe you can. But for me, the most preferred method by far is building that audience. And I can kind of break, take you through a really quick reasoning on, on why I believe mm-hmm. that is the case. And it all comes back to a quote that I love by Albert Einstein, which is, try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And for me, the first 32 years of my life, result was all a result of me trying to become a person of success and failing because of it. I was trying to to make money, to get fame, to get fortune, and I was failing, failing, failing. But then when I flipped it on its head and said, you know what, I'm just going to deliver value, nothing else, free, valuable, and consistent content, and that is the only focus that I have, that to me is going to be my new stab at this theory of just being a person of value. And because of that, over six months, there was nothing. There was no revenue. There was no real sign of potential income. But there was a great wave of an audience being built. And then I could look at my audience at the six-month point, and I could just ask them, say, hey, Fire Nation, you know, I've been pr- providing free, valuable, consistent content for you. I'm going to continue to do so. But I do have a question for you right now. What is the number one struggle that you have? And then I just listened. And this was an audience that knew, liked, and trusted me. So they answered. And they answered honestly. And I was able to hear their pain points, their problems, their obstacles. And then me, their trusted source of information and content and value, was able to provide the solution. And then that that solution turned into products and communities like Podcasters Paradise, like Webinar on Fire, like the Fire Path and Fire Nation Elite, these things now that generate significant revenue for our business. But the reality is I would have had no idea what kind of product to create because I didn't have anybody to ask what they were struggling with. And then I wouldn't have had anybody to offer that product to because I didn't have an audience that knew, liked, and trusted me. I was a nobody. I had to take that route and that was important to me. So I believe that if you are in this similar situation as me when I started, which is you don't have that credibility and authority yet, 
building an audience is a great way. But if you're listening right now and you say, well, I actually do kind of have an audience for any number of reasons, well, then you can start looking at that those products a lot sooner. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, like, didn't you doubt at some point? Like, I'm, I'm sure you like agree with that theory on day one, right? But when you're five months in and you're just, just still providing content and you see your, I guess you were full time on this. So you see your bank account go down slowly and you're like, Oh my God, uh, should I still keep going? Like, how did you keep going about that? That was exactly what was happening. But I just had to have different measurement sticks for success. My measurement stick for success wasn't the fact that I was generating revenue or or generating even more revenue because I wasn't generating any. My measurement for success was, are the amount of listens on my podcast going up? Is the engagement on my website going up? Is my social media falling, picking up steam? And the answer to those questions was all yes. And to me, that was the measurement stick to success that I was using and that worked out really well. Cool. That totally makes sense. And so how did you go about growing the audience actually? Because, you know, like when you just get started on, on iTunes or, or wherever, it's, it's very hard to get any kind of visibility and you grew that pretty fast. So, so how, like in a few words, how did you go about recruiting that massive audience you have today? So the most important thing I did was really look at my UVD, that unique value distinguisher. And I was like, how can I bring something different? to this podcasting world. There are already people out there that are interviewing entrepreneurs and they're being successful doing it. What am I going to do this different? And my big UVD was the seven days a week. Nobody was even touching that with a 10 foot pole. You can even find somebody doing two or three days a week. So this was going to be a big, significant difference maker for me as far as a podcast. And then number two, I was really going to make my questions evoke unique stories from my guests. So I, you know, I had every one of my guests, even to this day, share their worst entrepreneurial moments. And the reality is most people, when they're being interviewed, are only talking about their successes and what they're doing now and strategies and tips. And that's great, but that makes for very repetitive, inter- repetitive interviews so that when those interviews go live, that guest might be like, yeah, well, that was a great interview, but I'm not going to share an identical interview with my audience. Whereas when the interviews on Entrepreneur on Fire went live, I was saying, Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, like you shared an amazing story. Like that failure moment that you shared that was deep. Like, you know, I know your audience would love to hear that story. And because it was unique and because it was different, a lot of my guests and almost all of them, in fact, really liberally shared that interview they did on Entrepreneur on Fire with their audience. So just picture every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, I have a massive, successful and inspiring entrepreneur sharing their journey on Entrepreneur on Fire with their audience, which is daily driving traffic back to my site, back to my podcast, that's continuously increasing subscribers, views, listens, you name it, it's going up. Just out of curiosity, and feel free to share it or not, but like, what do your numbers in terms of like downloads and people coming on your site and opting in, et cetera, look like today? Oh yeah, you can't ask me a question about numbers that I won't answer. I mean, that's one thing right. I, I pride myself Shit. on. I mean, I share everything. I mean, our income reports are every single month we release them and they are in detail to the penny of all of our income and revenue generated all of our expenses and money that we spent on any number of things, everything 
is just dialed into the penny. You know, I even have my CPA, my certified accountant, come on and verify every single thing because I want people to know not only are we sharing everything, but everything is 100% legit. Like that's very important for me to have that really, uh, that just that epic level of trust with my readers and my listeners. So with Entrepreneur on Fire, we did recently, a couple months ago, hit a pretty big milestone where we are now consistently generating over a million listens per month of the podcast. But what's really cool is that when I post, and I do often post actual stats, I show my statistics going all the way back to day one, it's not some hockey stick, which a lot of people hear about, like, you know, nothing and then a sharp incline up. It is a steady, slow, gradual growth that just kind of compounds on top of itself. It is just a, you know, it looks like a mountainside. It's just going up, 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 like a very steady graph. And that's where I really think people need to realize that I got to a million listens a month after about 850 interviews. So Mm. if you're not at a million listens a month yet, well, let me ask you, are you at 850 episodes yet? And the answer is likely no, because I have the most podcast episodes released of any podcast that I know in the business sector of now over a thousand. So, you know, I've really just continued to be consistent with that daily podcast episode. So we get um, over a million listens per month. But again, my focus from the beginning and still to this day is Entrepreneur on Fire, the podcast. I love entrepreneuronfire.com. That's our headquarters. We have a lot of great stuff there, but that is really just a headquarters for those people who want to go back and get more information about our income reports or, or look at the show notes page from our guests. It's not the focus of our business. Our focus is driving people to the podcast, to the listenership and driving that up. And that's why we're consistently a top 10 business podcast in all of iTunes, which we're really excited about. So our visits per month average out at about a hundred thousand visits per month, typically between three to four thousand per day. We're very consistent. Like just yesterday, you know, was kind of a bigger day than normal. We had forty five hundred visits for the day. And a good percentage of our visitors are new visitors, which I like to see, about sixty five percent. And, you know, I mean I've actually been working with you, you know, on a couple cool projects to to capture more of our visitors that we're having for email subscribers, you know, using different formats and forms and stuff like that, which has been really successful. So I want to thank you for that live. And uh, no worries. Yeah, and it's been fun. So and again, yeah. So uh, it's 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 always open range for numbers with me. And you sell a lot of products. Podcaster Paradise is is a one of sell product. So to consistently make good numbers for your company every month, you need to keep bringing sales in. Mm. Do you recruit? all of them from your audience from the podcast or do you get people from other channels as well? So the best thing that we did for something like Podcasters Paradise, which consistently generates over $100,000 a month, and in fact, you know, when we run promotions, it's much higher than that. And so we're just about to release the May income report here in early June. And we had our biggest month ever for Podcasters Paradise, which was $400,000 in invoice total, which was immense. I mean, that was because of a big promotion we did because we closed the doors to Paradise. So a lot of people came in. But you can see that when you do create a large audience that you've continued to serve for a very long time, and then you offer them something that makes sense for them, that, that, that trust is there to really make that happen. So that's been very important for us from day one. And really the biggest and best thing that we did is something called free podcast course. And this is, 
a 15-day, 15-email course that people sign up for. It's completely free. And I take them through the entire process of creating, growing, and monetizing their podcast in 15 days. And there's been over 12,500 people who have gone through that course. And what's been awesome about that is that now has turned into our best targeting mechanism for Podcasters Paradise because people get done with that course and it's a complete course of immense value. But now there's a lot of people that do want more and that more is Podcasters Paradise. So it's been a great funnel and a great way just to continue to deliver more value to more people. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. A lot of people, especially in the audience, just keep telling me like, why would you give all that free stuff then people don't want to buy your product? But we've actually realized that, yeah, the more we give away, the more it works. And, and it, I don't know if you want to describe it, but there's like 15 lessons in the, in the course or something. And they're like 10 minutes videos each or something. Yep. So it's basically three hours of video or something. Yeah, right? that's it. 15 video tutorials, you know, pretty much between five to 20 minutes at most each. And I would actually kind of flip that sentence around when people ask the question to me. It's they ask it out of, you know, native naivety because they just don't know any better. They say, well, why would people buy your stuff if you're giving away stuff for free? My answer, my, my response to that is, why would people buy your stuff if you're not giving stuff away for free? Like you're not proving your value. You need to be a person who's proving yourself as someone that's going to deliver high quality, high value, build up that credibility and authority first. And then you can offer something, you know, that does actually cost dollars and cents. But until you've proven yourself, why should anybody part with their hard-earned money? Yeah, and, and you do it a lot more than your competition. So the competition will give you like one videos, two videos, and then they'll be like, please check out now. Yeah, my proudest thing about free podcast course is it's a complete course. There's nothing that yeah. leaves you hanging. It is how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. It is all you need to launch your podcast, period. I've also written a book that's the number one ranked book in all of Amazon on podcasting called Podcast Launch, which I also give away to people for free that join this course. And that book alone can launch your podcast. Like these are all tools that I'm giving people and say, hey, if you want more community, if you want more ongoing support, if you want more tutorials that are in-depth and specific and really detailed of different things of podcasting, then Podcasters Paradise is for you. But you know, if you're just looking to try this thing out, to test out podcasting, to see if it's for you, this is going to get you there completely for free. Cool. Well, John, thank you very much for joining. I just have one last question for you, which is, you did a lot of things right, obviously, but I'm sure you regret some things. And what are they? Uh -huh. Huh. There's definitely things that I've regretted the entire time that you know, I've been an entrepreneur, things that I've done that uh, you know, I... I kind of regret it. And usually it comes down to, and this has been so similar for all of my past guests, is you know when I'm about to agree to do something that just doesn't feel right with my gut or my intuition. And that usually comes down to joint ventures and partnerships. I mean, you know, mm. entrepreneurs, you know, they're, they're, they're really smart people and they're hostile and they're trying to do good things. And once you built a large audience, you know, everybody wants a piece of your time. You know, everybody wants a piece of your audience. And so you get these too good to be true joint venture opportunities. And sadly, they usually are too good to be true. And so many people seem to overpromise and underdeliver. And so then I've a few times exposed my audience 
to these circumstances where I thought this is going to be a perfect fit, both for me, for the person offering it, and for Fire Nation. Like I always want it to be a win-win-win, but then unfortunately sometimes that other entrepreneur hasn't come through and it does reflect badly on me. So Mm. I've really made a point in 2015 to be very careful and very committed to to doing some deep vetting of of who I work with and and the joint ventures that I undertake. And I would really just kind of appeal to people that are listening now to do that from day one. You know, there's a great quote by Warren Buffett that says, you know, it takes a lifetime to build up uh, respect, but a minute to ruin it all. And, And that is true. So, you know, I think it's very important to go into every situation with that mindset, with that thought process and realize that, hey, I need to always be putting my audience first and foremost and making sure that this is right for them. And that's how I'm going to have a committed, long-term, valuable relationship with that audience. I think that makes sense. That's how we do it with Authority Hacker as well. Uh, that's also why we release so few podcasts, but they're usually very in-depth. Because <laughs> I'm struggling to find people I want to have on the podcast, you know? Well, well, uh, why are you rushing me off then? We still have 10 minutes. Do we? <laughs> yeah. All right. They'd say 50 on their calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Let's just say that... Okay, I have another question then. Is podcasting still easy to jump in? Because I'll be honest, I feel like you came in at a great time. And I feel that now everyone has a podcast. I mean, you open iTunes now, you have like Tim Ferriss, you have Gary Vaynerchuk, you have Pat Flynn that's been there for years and stuff. Like, can you still make room for yourself doing a podcast or should people think about new ways of going about this? Yeah, I'll be straight up and, and looking back in hindsight, um, I did jump in at a very good time, no doubt. But the reality is when I jumped in, everybody was saying, oh, dude, you're way too late to the game. You know, there's Pat Flynn, there's Andrew Warner, there's so-and-so, there's so and so. And I was like, oh man, I wish I did this two years ago. So there's always going to be two years ago. You know, they, there's a great quote that I love as a Chinese proverb that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, but the second best time is today. And that's just the reality of life. I mean, you can sit there and bemoan and, and kind of whine and, and, and regret the facts and bemoan the fact that you didn't launch a podcast two years ago or four years ago or six years ago, or you can just launch a, a flipping podcast and, and get it out there. And one thing that I really stress to people that is more important now than was two years ago and four years ago and six years ago is you need to really find that UVD. What What is going to be your unique value distinguisher? Like what is going to make you different? And honestly, the answer to that question usually is being willing to niche down until it hurts. I mean, really just find that one topic that you think you can be best in class at. Like where's that podcast that's just the best email copy podcast, you know, where they just teach people how to write the best email sequences in Infusionsoft, like that niche, like find that super niche thing and don't be like every other entrepreneur, including myself, thinking at the beginning that, oh no, I'm going to be too niche and I'm going to have such a small audience and I, you know, and and I'm going to leave out all these other people that have Entreport and Aweber and MailChimp. But like, that's the exact wrong attitude because if you try to resonate with everybody, you're going to resonate with no one. You need to start with that niche that hurts That's because it's so small, it's so tiny, and make a name for yourself. Make a podcast name for yourself. Start getting some momentum. And then as those fans come, as that raving fan base starts and you get that momentum, then you can start to broaden out. But you can't do it the other way around. 
Okay, but like, how would you brand yourself then so that you can talk about that niche, but then have the opportunity to broaden up later? So you've done it really well with Entrepreneur on Fire, but for example, I'm, talk- I'm thinking about like Pat Flynn and uh, Food Trucker, right? He has a podcast about food trucks, but like, hi, isn't it going to be hard for him to just broaden up and actually expand past that niche once he, he maxes it out? Yeah, but I mean, that's why it's on a separate podcast feed. So if he ever wants to, to move in a different direction, you know, now he can release another podcast that is in that new direction that he wants or in that new niche that he wants and cross pollinate and co-mingle it with the Food Trucker podcast in the intros, in the outros and just different opportunities mm-hmm. and, and with his audience that he has. And that's a really valuable opportunity. For instance, like I have launched two archive podcasts, Archive One and Archive Two, which is my episodes one to 300 and three to 600. And the reason why you have to do that is because once you get to 300 episodes in iTunes, that's where your feed stops. As far as you get Mm. to 302, then it only goes down to two. You get up to 400, it only goes down to 100. It only keeps your latest 300 episodes. So I've had to go back and do my my first 600 episodes that can no longer be found on my current feed and release them. But now on the intros of every single one of those episodes, I'm saying, hey, this is an archive episode. Number one, thank you for joining me. I'd love for you to check out free podcast course. It's a completely 15-day free course on how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast. And number two, go ahead and make sure you're subscribed to the actual Entrepreneur Fire podcast to get you know the latest and greatest podcast that I'm releasing every single day. So that cross-pollinization is a great option. Cool. That makes total sense. Another question I had personally, and I think that's going to put a lot of people's work ethic in perspectives is like how many hours do you walk a week and <laughs> how do you organize it because that you went very fast so i want to know how much work was put behind that you know a ton like a ton a ton and you know that's another thing that i really detail out within my income reports is just how much work i put in I mean, you know it's anywhere from a minimum of 60 you know anywhere to as high as 80 some weeks and that's just me kind of sitting down on my computer in my living room, overlooking the bay here in San Diego and just cranking out work and, and working on the weekends and and just continuing to do so. And and it's something that I do of choice. And I will say it's also something where in 2015, you know, after putting in really two full seasons of work, which would be 2013 and 2014, um, saying, you know what, now that I put in those seasons of work, I'm going to look to take more things off my plates. And, and, and I've continued to do that in 2015, which to be honest, hasn't so much decreased the amount of work that I've done, but it has uh, the amount of work of hours that I work, but it has opened up a lot more free time for me. So it's kind of like a study hall period where I can just work on things that I want. Mm. So you first got to grind it out for the first two years and 60 yeah. to 80 hours is yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I'm not saying two years is the magic number. You got to grind it out yeah. until you've got there. And then once you've, you know, I was able to sit back at the beginning of 2015 and say like, I am consistently generating $200,000 a month. And I don't see that going away anytime soon with my systems in place. You know, what can I do now to free up some time for me? And, and, and then starting to put those things in place. And what's your goal? What do you want to do is, let's imagine that business is going to be running, obviously you're going to be working, but you don't need to build new systems necessarily all the time. Do you have goals that go past building the company? Yeah, you know, I actually look at entrepreneurship kind of like, say, an avocado. I mean, when you first buy that avocado, I mean, it's probably perfect because you, you tested it at the store and, you know, you just bought it. It's brand new. But man, if that avocado sits there, it's just going to rot. 
And so, you know, mm-hmm. for me, like it's always about buying the new avocados. Like I am always interchanging out things within free podcast course, within podcasters paradise, within my podcast with new and different things. Like for instance, I just, my intros on Entrepreneur on Fire are now different for anybody that's, that's listened the last couple of days where I'm now saying, hey, if you want to join a free podcast course, just text podcast course, all one word to 33444 and you'll opt in for free. It's an easy way for you to opt in. And now people that, you know, that are always out on their smartphones are opting in right now as we're speaking to that free course. And it's a cool way and something brand new that came up, but because I'm not letting myself rot as an entrepreneur and continuing to improve seeing that success. And yeah, so that's been huge, Gail. And I will say now we are coming to our time up. So uh, what, what, what's, the, what's the, final, the final countdown answer um, or question? I, mean, I just want to say thank you. I think we got a lot out of that mm. half hour. Usually we get a lot less in a lot more time sometimes. That's so my thank goal. Thank you for... You definitely delivered. Thank you very much for coming. And I hope people learn something listening to that. You know, that was great. Thanks. Well, if they listen, they learn. That's what I can guarantee. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, guys. And we'll see you in the next episode. All right, guys. So there you have it. This is the interview of John Nidumas, an almost $300,000 per month blogger slash podcaster. And that really motivates me when I talk to people like that. And I don't know if you heard, but John has a free podcast course that you can join on freepodcastcourse.com. If you just go there, you'll get the 15 video course and you don't necessarily have to buy his product. It's, it's good as well, but it's a free course that you can join and you can get a bunch of value if you want to start a podcast. I wish I went through that before we started Authority Hacker. We made a bunch of mistakes. It makes me bang my head on the wall a bit sometimes. So if you're considering starting a podcast and following his footsteps, then I definitely recommend you go and take the course on freepodcastcourse.com. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes and like us and subscribe to us and so on. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.